Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. How are you all doing? Are you all right? I hope you are. My goodness. Well, I've got some crackers to tell you about. Well, as always, this is a very short episode compared to certainly how the episodes have been racking up a lot. This seems to be going to an hour and then I've tried to reduce them. But anyway, these this is one of your short ones where I have recorded five questions in five minutes or less with an author about their book. They are very short. I appreciate it doesn't give a lot of time. But each of these authors has had a full interview. So if you want to, you can look back on previous episodes and hear more about these wonderful books. So let's get started. And the first one is one of my all-time book heroes, Michael Connolly. Michael Connolly, guys. And he's telling us about his fantastic book, Desert Star. We've also got the wonderful Adam Hamdi, who's telling us about his sensational book, The Other Side of Night. And finally, we've got Louise Hare, who's telling us about her book called Miss Aldridge Regrets. Let's get started and hear from Michael Connolly. Michael Connolly, whose latest book is Desert Star. It is an honour and a privilege to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Glad to be back. You have five questions in five minutes, roughly. No stopwatch. First one, can you describe your book in less than a minute? I can try. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Bosch is recruited by Renee Ballard, who's been put in charge of the cold case unit at LAPD. And so it's a chance for Bosch to come back and go after the case he left on the table, the, ta- the case that he didn't solve when he carried a badge. So it's a offer he can't refuse. He's got Ballard in his corner helping him on this case, and, he, and it goes from there. So it's a, it's a little bit of a redemptive journey for Bosch in that he gets to go back and write a wrong that he was part of. He was wrong to leave this thing unsolved. And a fabulous story it is. The next question, which is your favourite major and minor character that you had to write? It's very hard. I think Botch is an obvious answer. He's been there from the beginning. I, I still think in terms of what I can do with him and think at the end of the day, whenever I stop writing, he's the character that will stand for my work. And minors are hard, but in his last, this is this goes back maybe seven, eight, maybe ten books. Hard to keep track of, but his last partner was this character known as Lucky Lucy because she survived a gun battle and became heroic 
in the city and in LAPD. And she's only been in a couple books in small ways, but I really like that character. And I'm constantly thinking, like, how do I make her, how do I go back to her and make her a lead character as opposed to a satellite character? So I keep thinking about that. So that must be the one that I want to take from the minors to the majors. Next question. How much does Bosch talk to you when you're not writing? Not at all. Oh, you can <laughs> I, switch him off. Yeah, I, th- I, I know writers, authors say I didn't know the character was going to do that and things like that. That baffles me a little bit because to me, it's really a craft writing. And when I think about Bosch and all that kind of stuff and what I can do with him next or what might be interesting to explore with him, if that's him talking to me, then yeah, I, I, he talks to me quite a bit. But I think when it's put in those terms, it's not like this is a my make-believe friend that I have conversations with. It's, he's definitely somebody who's on the page or on the script and so forth. So the guy who plays Harry Bosch and I talk all the time, so maybe that's the Bosch that I hear. And he always has ideas, and he always wants to run them by me because he's he knows I start. He might own the character now, but I was the one who brought the character into the world, so he's very deferential about that. So we have a lot of conversations. So maybe that's the boss who talks to me. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. The next question, slight odd one, so bear with me, but what food and drink were you consuming when you wrote this book? What power does it star? One, I'm addicted to Diet Coke, so I drink about a six-pack of Diet a coke a day when i'm <laughs> writing i had never really gotten a taste for coffee and so the caffeine in diet coke energizes me and uh, during the pandemic really changed my life in terms of food because i wouldn't stay home there's three different delicatessen restaurants that my wife and i order food from we usually one of every week we order at least once from each of them but it's always a rotation and it's usually like some kind of turkey sandwich or a chicken salad sandwich I'm only thinking in terms of lunch because that's usually the meal I have while I'm writing. Oh, there we go. And the last question, this is, I don't know, it might be kind of hard, but what's been your greatest moment so far in your writing career? So many to choose from. Yeah, man, I, that's a tough one. My greatest moment. I don't know, It's whatever it is, I probably couldn't pick one, but they're usually something to do with the books, like some kind of connection I remember one time I was in a little town in France doing a book signing and I needed a translator and a woman stood up and started speaking in French and she's almost tearful. And I was thinking, well, what is going on here? And then when it was translated, it was, I'm very worried about Harry Bosch. And that was such a big moment for me that half a world away from where I write and the place I write about and the character I write about, that character is connected with somebody in another language and in a pretty different culture to the point that they're, they stand up and are almost tearful and saying, what's going to happen to Harry? I'm worried. Those kind of moments, and I've had a few of them, are just, they just make you want to stand back and think about the connection that storytelling serves everyone in the world and how important it is. And I'll trade those over like a new, a, a nice check or a, a new contract or a good review from the New York Times or something. You know, like just stumbling onto something like that is, is an amazing moment. And it's an amazing moment to talk to you. So Michael Connolly, whose latest book is Desert Star. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.
Splendid. Now let's go to Adam Handy and hear Adam answer five questions in five minutes about the other side of night. Adam Hamdi, whose latest book is The Other Side of Night, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me again, Philippa. Well, you have five questions in five minutes, but no stopwatch, you're fine. Your first question, can you describe your book in under a minute? Describe my book in under a minute. The Other Side of Night is a book that will break your heart and blow your mind. And it starts with a disgraced former police officer, Harriet Kilty. And she finds a message in a secondhand book. And the message says, help me, he's trying to kill me. And she's kind of at a loose end in life, having been dismissed from the police force, doesn't really have a purpose or anything. And she takes this message that she finds very seriously and investigates it. And to her surprise, it leads her to this broken family. The mother, Elizabeth Asher, and the father, David Asher have both died in mysterious circumstances. And the man that they've left their child with in the care of, Ben Elmis, is strangely somebody from Harriet's past, somebody that she thought she loved. And so she begins pulling on this thread, investigating these deaths, and it takes her down a very strange and unusual rabbit hole. Yes, what a rabbit hole it, it is. Your next question... Favourite characters, one major and one minor? I think my favourite character has to be David Asher because it's his voice largely through the book that you hear and you're never quite sure how. Has he gone somewhere else? Is he a ghost? You know, these are all kind of techniques that have been used, devices in books before. But for me, you know, he is the, he's the author that kind of carries the, the story forward and it's his perspective that I think gives us that real emotional resonance. And minor character, I'm going to say Sabi Khan, who's the um, was Harry's partner and is, you know, a friend to her and helps her out with the investigation. He's a kind of amalgam of a lot of uh, friends that I grew up with, who I'm still friends with. Kind of uh, just fun to be around, cheeky, um, you know, but diligent and hardworking. Third question: What do you want us to feel when we're reading this book? I'm interested in your answer for this one. Well, obviously, I'm interested in all your answers, but for this particular question. I want this book to be a book that you get out of it what you need. And, I, I, I you know, obviously, it's written to be heartbreaking and, and to, to sort of test your emotions and to test your mind. But actually, I would like people to be able to find in it what they need at that particular point in time. And I think it's there, you know, I think there's so much in it that you can get out of it what you're, whatever you're looking for. And if you're not looking for anything, you're probably not going to get very much out of the book. So, and I, as a general principle, I try not to be too prescriptive in terms of manipulating people's thoughts or emotions, which you can do as an author. It's more about the questions you ask and the situations you create and giving readers the space to put themselves into that so that they can have the experience that's most entertaining or most useful or most emotionally rewarding for them but I mean you know if you're if you're receptive you're gonna feel heartbroken and the question I would ask is does the book have a happy or a sad ending oh my goodness that's sending my mind into a spiral I could that's an essay for for an answer for that one okay <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Next question. What food and drink did you consume the most when you were writing this particular book? What was fueling the words? Wow. 
Okay, so this book was mainly written in lockdown in 2020, in, in sort of early summer and summer of 2020. Uh, so I would have been eating mostly chicken escallops, homemade chicken escallops with, uh, with rice and salad, followed by apple strudel or homemade pizzas. Unlike most people who went into sourdough manufacture, um, I taught, I learned how to make proper Italian pizza uh, dough. And so I, it was a whole, you know, whole thing make the dough and prove it. And, uh, yeah, we, we were able to make restaurant quality pizzas at home. So so that's it. Those are the kind of two things that we mainly consumed while I was writing this. And was there any coffee or tea or what was the drink of choice? Uh, coffee, yes. Um, so we're, my daughter says that we're coffee snobs. Um, and I suppose we are. We've got one of those Italian stovetop mm. coffee makers. So we do like good coffee in this house. Um, and also, we were drinking Prosecco and margaritas a lot during the writing of this book. <laughs> yeah, that was... Because basically, you got three children at home, and really, the homeschooling wasn't great. Yes. <laughs> so at that point, schools hadn't really figured out how to handle the situation. And so it was quite a demanding time, shall we say. Yes, absolutely. I remember about three hours into homeschooling, I decided I'd had enough. Thank you very much. And... Uh, could the school be yeah. open and my respect for teachers grew <laughs> yeah my respect to teachers oh my goodness yeah I think teachers are absolutely amazing and um and I, I don't know how they can get through a single night without cocktail hour because that's <laughs> what kept us going <laughs> <laughs> oh dear last question what's been the most memorable moment so far in your writing career wow oh I'm gonna this is not gonna sound very uh highbrow at all but I think it was meeting Sylvester Stallone um, I went in and talked to him about the reboot of Rocky that ended up be becoming Creed. And um, I went and met him with the one of the producers of the Rocky franchise. And we sat in his office in uh, L.A. for about an hour and a half and just chatted to the guy. And that was just it was such a bizarre experience because I turned up in the office and it's full of Rambo and Rocky memorabilia. And. You know, I've met other people of sort of similar stature and usually you're, you deal with an assistant or receptionist and whatever. He, he actually came out of the office straight away, said, you know, I'm not going to do his accent. <laughs> but he said, would you like a drink? Can I get you a water or anything? He was very attentive, really, really hospitable. And that that kind of, you can, I think you can always tell how what a person's like from how they treat people who are many, many rungs below them in the sort of, social or economic uh, um, ladder or the professional ladder in this case and he was really uh, really very hospitable and very intelligent super smart guy super smart guy um, and then bizarrely when we left the meeting we bumped into Peter Weller right on the street right outside his office he was just walking by and the producer I was with know, knows him quite well and just said hey Peter and he's Robocop so I met Rambo and Rocky and Robocop. In one day, my goodness. In one day. That, that was so, so bizarre. So, um, yeah, that's probably the most memorable thing, but not necessarily the most literary thing. No, we'll take it. That's that's a great story. That's uh, wonderful. Well, yeah. it's a great story and it's a great book. So Adam Hamdi, whose latest book is The Other Side of Night. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Philippa. Lovely to be on here. 
Super. And let's go to the final interview today, which is with Louise Hare about her book, Miss Aldridge Regrets. So Louise Hare, whose latest book is Miss Aldridge Regrets. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, we've got five questions in five minutes. So let's see how you do. (laughs) First of all, can you summarise your book in about 30 seconds? No stopwatch, don't worry. Okay. Uh, So it's 1936. Lena Aldridge is a jazz singer and a sleazy club uh, I'm wondering where it all went wrong and she gets offered the opportunity of a lifetime it seems too good to be true but suddenly when there's a murder at her club she realizes it might be a good opportunity and good timing to get out of town brilliant now the next question um who is your favorite character in the book and why but it can't be Lena your main character I think my favorite character um is Will Goodman who is um, the band leader of the band that, that, that play in the um, sort of fancy uh, nightclub that they have on board. Um, he was just a lot of fun to write and um, a bit of light relief amongst all the murdering. Yes, yes, definitely. Great one. Um, can you describe your book using three words? Three words, my goodness. Actually, I think my publisher did this. It was something like murder, martinis, uh, jazz. Oh, yes. Perfect. <laughs> what was your favourite food and drink when you were writing this book? Oh, I mean, I write a lot in coffee shops, so coffee to drink. And I do like an almond croissant. So if I go to the coffee shop first thing in the morning to try and get my word count down, that's usually what I get. A large cappuccino and an almond croissant. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the final question, what's been the best moment so far in your writing career? Oh, I do know this one. So um, this lovely city was shortlisted for the RSL Ondaatje Prize last year. And they made like a little animation um, of a scene from the book. And I was just blown away by that. Oh, wonderful. That's something really memorable. Well, Louise Hare, whose latest book is Miss Aldridge Regrets. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. And those are your three books. You've survived the episode with me. Thank you so much for listening. Just to give a really quick recap, we listened to Michael Connolly answer five questions about his fantastic book, Desert Star. We also heard Adam Handy answer five questions about The Other Side of Night. Really enjoyed that book. And finally, Louise Hare, of course, with her great book, Miss Aldridge Regrets, also answered five questions in five minutes. That's it. I'm going to send you on your way. I'll be back hopefully on Monday with a normal, if I can call it that, episode. And just look after yourselves and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.